0: The High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's Lead Pastor Chris Starr. I want you to get your Bibles and turn to the Book of Psalms. I want you to turn to the 30th Psalm, and they're going to come back and sing again in just a moment. There's another song they're going to sing in just a moment, but I want to preach first. And I want to preach this message that I've entitled, The Favor of God. And they're they're going to sing a song about the favor of God. And I think this is a message that we really need to hear today. I'm excited to be here. I couldn't wait to get here to preach it today. And it's Psalm 30, verses 5 through 7. For his anger, it's talking about God. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, David speaks here. David wrote this psalm, and he said, Now, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountains stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I'm going to preach this in just a minute. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you for reverence the word. I'm going to preach today about the favor of God. And uh, there was a man that was in the first service, who was at my house with his crew. He has a landscaping business, and he didn't know, but the Lord used him to give me my sermon illustration to open this message. I said, God, I need somehow to open this message, and I didn't know that it was going to happen at my house. Brian and his crew came to work on my shrubs and, and, and do all the cutting and trimming, et cetera. And as they were about to finish up, one of the crew members said, Boss, our back tire, one of the back tires on our dually truck, flatbed truck, is flat. Sure enough, it had a big gash in it. And so we, I had a, I have a hydraulic jack, so we jacked it up, and we got that tire off, and he threw it in the back, and he said, "Man, I'm gonna have to get a new tire." And so off he left. He left my house Friday and went to a, a tire shop, and uh, he went in there, and these dually, like those tires for a dually truck, for a flatbed truck, they're they're specially made, like they have they have tougher steel and whatever, because they have to hold a lot of weight, 19 inch tires, and so he went to get, it and they're very expensive. So he went to get this tire and he asked the guy, You got a tire? And he said, Yeah. And he told him how much. He said, Ooh, that's a lot of money. He said, Well, just on a whim, he said, Do you have any used tires of this size? And he sure did. He said, I sure do. He said, As a matter of fact, we had a guy just bring in four, trade in four. He said, I've got them. He said, Well, bring me out the used tire. He said, Just sell me a used tire. And he called me after this happened. Called me right after this happened. And he told me, He said, Pastor, when he brought it out, he said, It looked brand new. I said, Wow. He, he said, That's a used tire. He said, Yeah. He said, well, how much is it? It was much, much cheaper. He said, well, I'll take that and put it on my truck. He said, okay, got it at a really good cost. And then he looked at the guy and he said, let me ask you a question. He said, you got three more just like it? He said, yeah. He said, what will you, what will you charge me for all four of them? And the guy looked at him and said, you know what? He said, I'm not going to charge you a dime. He said, I'll give you the other three for free. And he said, no kidding. And he said, he, Pastor, he said, he gave me three like-new tires That I put, he said, I got them in the shop now, so if I got another flat, I'll have three more tires for my dually trucking, because they got four tires on the back. And I said, Brian, you know what that was, don't you? He said, what? I said, that was the favor of God. He said, you're right, it was, wasn't it? And I said, yeah, you just experienced the favor of God. You know, the favor of God is awesome, and David knew about the favor of God, and matter of fact, when he wrote this psalm, he talks about the favor of God, and David could talk about the favor of God because God had been so good to David. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Little David and Goliath, that David who became king of Israel, David knew the favor of God. All right, take that. He was just a shepherd boy, but God appointed him and anointed him to be the king over an entire nation. Amazing. That only happens by the favor of God. And David, when he fought Goliath, a giant, there's no way that little boy could beat a giant with a slingshot, but God turned that, that rock and that slingshot into a guided missile, hit him right in the one exposed area of his body, and it killed him. And God gave him victory. It was the favor of God. When David became king and they fought battles and they fought the enemies, every time David fought, they won. And they won because he had the favor of God. God entered into a Davidic covenant with David. We we know the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament. But there was an Abrahamic Covenant and the Noahic Covenant. Well, there was the Davidic Covenant. And God said to David, I'm going to establish your your lineage on the throne forever. And that was the covenant he made. Well, now, some of you have been saying, Pastor, have you checked out Israel today? I mean, they have a democracy. There isn't a king of Israel did God lie? Oh, no, 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 no. No, he didn't. Because uh, there was a certain particular person who came through the lineage of David, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he was the king before David became king, and he's been the king since David became king. And one of these days in the millennial reign, he'll be the king over all the world, and the capital of the earth will be Jerusalem, and David in resurrected body will be the co-regent with Christ and rule and reign over Israel in the millennial reign. Pretty cool, huh? How can all that happen? It's because of the favor of God. Uh, There was this guy named Saul who chased David because God had favor in his life, and Saul lost the favor. He was the king, and he turned David into a fugitive. Never caught him. Never caught him. Tried to kill him. Never killed him. You know why? Because of the favor of God. David had fame, reputation. The, the ladies would, they would go to battle, and the ladies would get out in the streets and sing, and they would sing, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Well, you know, Saul didn't like that too much, but it was the truth, so he had fame. You know, David messed up. He committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. And, you know, David should have been stoned and killed under the law and, and. uh you know, he lied, he, he killed, the, he had her husband killed. I mean, he did a lot of things wrong. But he found the grace of God and God forgave him because David humbled himself and repented and, and he was able to continue as king. Why? Because of the favor of God. So if you ask David, David, why has God been so good to you? this man would say to you, hey, it's because I know and I have been a recipient of God's unbelievable favor in my life. So I want to talk about that because what is the favor of God? Now, if I give you a theological definition, a Bible dictionary definition, it would probably read something like this. The favor of God is the pleasure or the delight or the goodwill of God expressed to a person through blessings. Through blessings. Okay, and it might be protection or it might be, it could be a zillion things but it is the favor, the the delight, the pleasure, the goodwill of God expressed to somebody through blessings. Here's how I'm going to term it. It's God being kind to you, and God being generous to you, and God being compassionate to you just because you are his child and he loves you. If you are born again, you know the favor of God. As a matter of fact, I want to throw two scriptures at you, okay? And so they're not on the screen, but I'm just going to let you listen Two scriptures to you. Here's the first one. It's found in Proverbs 12, verse 2. A good man. Now, let's stop right there. That's not talking about like a guy who's a good guy. This is somebody who's right with God, saved, born again, been changed by the power of Jesus. A good man obtains favor from the Lord. Aren't you glad that's in the Bible? A good man, a good woman, obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions God will condemn. So here's the thing we know. Godly, righteous people who are saved experience daily the favor of the Lord. Sometimes you don't even realize it, but God is showing his favor to you. As a matter of fact, you can get so used to it, you're not careful. You'll take it for granted that every day God's just being good to you. As a matter of fact, I like to say because I'm born again that the favor of God is my birthright, that it is a benefit of being a child of God. Now here's the second verse. It's in Psalms. It's Psalm 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Again, people who are saved. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor you will surround him as with a shield. So imagine a shield that can move in any direction that an enemy comes against you. In essence, you are surrounded by that shield. And the imagery is, That you are surrounded by the favor of God. That you are covered by the favor of God. That if you go to your left, you're gonna find God's favor. If you turn to the right, you're gonna find God's favor. If you go forward, you're gonna find God's favor. If you turn around, go backwards, you're gonna find God's favor. When you go to work, there'll be favor waiting on you. When you come home, there'll be some more favor there to meet you at the door. When you go out and, and you shop or you go on vacation or whatever you do, there's always there in your presence the favor of God. That ought to make somebody happy in this Pentecostal church this morning, to know the favor of God. Now, I want to teach you something, and I want to go back to Psalm 30. Because I think this is really important, and what we're about to talk about is incredibly applicable to those of us Americans living here. Us believers, let me say it this way, believers living in America, in our culture. All right? This is really, really important. So let me make this statement first. The favor of God does not mean that you're never going to experience hardship or trouble or difficulties. That's not what it means. Leah and I were sitting at the table this week talking about somebody. I don't even remember what it's about, but, but we got into a discussion. And we were talking about why is that person is a child of God? Why are they going through these hard times? And and does that mean that they lost the favor of God? We were having this conversation back and forth, and I, I was saying, Leah, it doesn't mean that 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 you lose the favor. You don't lose the favor because you still go through things in this life. And that's what I want to preach right now. As a matter of fact, that's what David understood. And you know, preachers love alliterations, and we love three points. And I don't know, but they're just they're there. I can't help it. They're there. There are three points in here, and they all start with D that I'm going to give to you. Okay. So here's the Ds, and I think these are on the screen. And here's the first one. David talks about discipline. Now, we preachers don't preach much about discipline, okay? We just don't talk a lot about it. But let me talk about discipline for a minute. All right, David said in Psalm 30, God's anger is but for a moment. Now, when does God get mad at you? When you sin, right? That's when you're going to upset God, all right? Just like an earthly father your boys, your girls, your children, as long as they're doing good, you're happy. Everybody's happy. We're having fun. But let one of one let one boy just out of the blue just ball up his fist and pop the other one in the nose, and then a full blown fight fights on. Right. All right. Now, now the harmony in the home is broken. And do you just sit there and smile, laugh? No, you get mad. Why'd you pop your brother in the nose? Get over here right now. And then we get in this cadence. Get over here right now. Isn't it amazing? You get the parental cadence. And so you you get in your kids, and you go into the cadence, and you jerk them by the arm, and you're upset with them, and your voice gets tense like this, and it raises up at the end. You don't talk like that at work, do you? It's just a parent thing, okay? And you go into parent mode because you're angry. Well, sometimes we sin. Sometimes we err, and we do wrong. And so God has to discipline us. So when you do wrong, instead of, watch this, instead of good things happening in your life, bad things will start happening. But God is allowing them to happen to get, and he'll show you, this is happening to you because you have sinned, or this is happening to you because you're straying from me, or this is happening to you because you're moving in a wrong direction. And so God disciplines us to, to get us to return from bad actions and thoughts and, 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 and words, and also to prevent us from continuing in bad actions and thoughts and words. He Look, I'm just going to preach straight. He, he spanks us, okay? He spanks us. And I guarantee in this church some of you get more spankings than the rest of us. And you know who you are, right? I shouldn't do this, but, you know, I, I raised two boys, Jaron and Evan, and I'll tell you right now, one of them got a whole lot more whippings than the other one. And the one that didn't is a pastor in this church, so that just leaves Jaron, Jaron said, Dad, I sure give you a whole lot of good sermon material, don't I? I hope I don't ever run him off and he leaves because I keep preaching about it. Thank God he's turned into a godly, wonderful young man. But, but, but the point is, it's children of God. Some of you act right and do right, and you don't get spankings. But some of us, God's spanking us all the time. Okay, he disciplines. Here's the thing I want to teach you. Just because you're disciplined, okay, and you mess up, doesn't mean that God, you have lost the favor of God. By the way, I read this this morning. i got to give this to you because pre- preachers love pithy sayings. God's, God disciplines us to correct us and perfect us. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? He, corrects, he, he, he disciplines us to correct us and perfect us. Okay, but here's the thing. Because I'm, pre- I'm going to preach where we live. I preach where we live, don't I? Because I'm just like you. Here's what happens. You mess up. God disciplines you. He spanks you. Bad things are happening. It seems like since you messed up, everything's just bad. That's God whipping you, okay? You repent. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And the Lord does forgive you. But the devil comes along and says, big boy, big girl, you're a failure. You messed up, didn't you? You got a whooping. (laughs) You got spanked bad by God. You're not much of a child, are you? As a matter of fact, I don't think God's going to treat you right anymore. You're you're nothing more than a stepchild. That's all you are. You you have lost out. And if you're not careful, we've all done it. You'll start listening to the devil and you think, I blew it. I know God doesn't love me as much. God doesn't care for me. And this is what you'll think. You don't even realize it. Come on, I'm preaching where you live. I know. You'll start thinking, I have fallen out of favor with God. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. David said, I know about his anger. I've been disciplined. You look at his life. David got spanked a few times, but he said, I never lost the favor. His anger is but for a moment. Thank God your daddy did not whoop you all day. Okay, that would be child abuse. We'd have to call the law. You know, how many of you, your mama, how many of you, your mama, daddy made you go cut the hickory stick that they whipped you with? Let me see your hand. Oh, that is just cruel and unusual punishment right there. That's all I got to say. Anybody make their child go cut the thing they go. My daddy didn't use a hickory stick. My daddy had a black belt, and it wasn't in karate. <laughs> and the most frightening sound to me as a child i out here, coming out of those belt loops. How many know what I'm talking about? Out here, and I knew, oh, God, the fear of God to get all over me, I'd start crying right then because I knew I was in trouble and Dad, and my daddy believed in, in, in punishment, buddy. I mean, I got my share of spankings. And I even got one one time for Sonia. Sonia did something wrong, and I got spanked. And I'm still bitter about it at 54. Still bitter about it. He thought I did it, and she did it. And I'm bitter, but I'm going to get through it. I'm not going to let it keep me out of heaven. All right? But discipline only lasts for a moment. But the favor of God lasts for your life. God doesn't stop loving you and favoring you just because you mess up. Now, that doesn't give you a reason, an excuse to go mess up. It just says, when I do mess up, I still have the favor of God. As long as I repent and get back to God, I have the favor of God in my life. That's discipline. Now, here's the second D, difficulties. Now, difficulties just come at random times in your life, and you can have difficulties, trials, hardships, difficulties, whatever. You can have it for one of two reasons. A lot of our difficulties in life are just because we live in a sinful, cursed world. Okay, so things—bad things—happen to good people. It's just because we live in, a, in a, a cursed world. The second reason is because sometimes we bring it on ourselves because we make poor, stupid decisions. Can the church say Amen or Oh my? Okay, where we just make poor, stupid decisions, and then we're going through a hard time, and we go, oh, I wish we had have never done, that. oh, I wish I'd have never done that, okay, we just have difficulty, like, I got, I had to get Leah another phone, because her phone messed up, and so I, they sent me, Verizon sent me a new phone in the mail, and so I got the phone, no instructions, nothing, okay, so I went ahead and cleared the phone, and then I found out you're supposed to put the phones close to each other, and everything, one phone goes to another, and then now I can't do that anymore, and then I'm starting to go, through a process where I left the SD card in it, and I already sent it back to Verizon. I mean, I was having a bad day. I had to go to Verizon, get an SD card. I couldn't get her phone fixed. Finally, we got it fixed. I mean, and I was just in there going, why did I do this? Oh, I made the biggest. Oh, I wish I hadn't done this. Sometimes things just happen in life, okay? All right, difficulties happen. Here's what I want you to understand. The greater the level of trouble, the greater the level of pain and heartache. So some things we go through, okay, that just upset me and ticked me off. Some things you go through will bring you to tears. Some things will make you cry. And I've been through some difficulties where I've wept. I didn't care what anybody said. I wept like a baby. You can hurt so bad, you can be broken so bad that you, you, you get to the point of tears. And David evidently had been to that place. But here's what he said. Weeping may endure for the night. How many of you ever cried yourself to sleep? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you ever cried yourself to sleep? How many of you ever cried all night long? All right, weeping may endure for the light. Night. And I love that verse because that verse says, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm an optimist. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So I like positive things. I like hope. I'm a purveyor of hope. And so when I read that verse, I'm like, yeah, joy weeping may endure for the night, but hallelujah, joy is going to come in the morning. And I can start shouting again. So that's the way I'm built, okay? Joy comes, in the but weeping, and all so I love that verse. All the years I have never seen this. I don't know how I missed it. But in the Hebrew language, okay, you get something really powerful here, and I have to share it with you. What it literally says in the Hebrew language, if you had a Hebrew Bible, this is how it would read. Weeping lodges as a guest for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping lodges as a guest. Now, how many of you all ever traveled and stayed in a hotel? Let me see your hand. All right, you go to a hotel. That's not where you live. That's just where you're staying for a night. So you're traveling, all right? When we used to go see Jaren and Mary Beth when they lived in Florida, we would drive part way down, and we would spend the night at a certain hotel down around Hilton Head or somewhere down there, the South Carolina Georgia line. We had a certain hotel we would stay at because we had the dog, and it was pet friendly, and we would stay at that hotel. But we didn't plan to live there. We were just going to stay there for the night. And on the back of every door at the hotel, there's this sign that says, Checkout is at 10 a.m., and, they, and and the management expects you to be out of the room. You've only paid for one night, and then you're out because they got to put somebody else in there. And so you have to be out. You have to check out. Listen to me. What David is saying in this is when trouble comes in your life, it's not there to stay. It's only going to be temporary. It's only there for a little while. It's only going to lodge as a night, but there is a checkout time for the trouble, and it has to go. Meanwhile, joy comes in the morning because the favor of God is a permanent residence. It owns the hotel, and joy is going to come back in the room. Joy is a permanent resident of your life. Come on, somebody praise him this morning. What a powerful word. No matter your difficulty, the favor of God is difficulties don't cancel out God's favor. You still have the favor of God during trouble but sometimes it's hard to see it because you get so focused on the trouble you forget about the good things that God's still doing in your life that's why it's good to come to church that's why it's good to be in a life group or hang around godly people who can help you stay up when everything in life is trying to pull you down some of you in this room and have a testimony that the only way you got through some of the stuff you've been through is because of this church and because of God and because the people of God who stood with you and helped you through that's why you need a community of believers so you got discipline sometimes when we mess up and then you just gonna, you're going to face difficulties sometimes and by the way job knew about difficulties right does everybody know the story of job the bible even secular people who don't go to church know about job okay job job had wealth job had fame job had everything he had a big family and job served god and lived right one day because the devil, God gave the devil permission. He lost his, his entire kids were killed in one day. What a tragedy. Lost everything he had in one day. Then he lost his health about a week later or whatever, two weeks later or whatever. Lost his health. So he's lost his health and he's lost everything and, and he's just in a mess. Okay, you talk about a guy going through trouble. But just to help show you, scholars say that, that Job only went through what he did probably two to three months. That's how long it lasted, just two to three months. See, weeping endures for a night, but joy is coming. Joy is on its way. And Job, in the midst of all the trials and troubles, instead of focusing on the trouble, I'm sure, he talked about it. Read the book. But here's what Job said. Job said, yet you have granted me life and favor, God. You have granted me life and favor. See, he kept his eyes on the fact that he was still living And he still had the favor of God. And he said, your care has preserved my spirit. Here's the thing. You're losing money and you're losing your business and you're losing your family and you're losing whatever. Whatever's going on, what you can still say is the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Devil, you can't touch my soul. You can't cross the bloodline and I'm still a child of God. And if I lose everything, God will just take me to the bottom and then I have nowhere to go but up. And God will bring me back up and beyond anything I ever had before because I had the favor of God. So you got discipline and then you got difficulties. But now the third D is about a danger. And I really want to preach this to we American believers a danger. Now let me say this before I tell you the danger. The favor of God is manifested in blessings. And blessings result a lot of times in prosperity. Blessings result in prosperity. So here's the danger that your focus moves from the favor to the blessings, and you forget about God. That you assume that you have accomplished your success rather than God giving you your success. Y'all with me? That you trust more in the blessings of God than you do in the favor of God. And David did this. David did this very thing. I, I don't know what it was. David has armies, he has money, he has wealth, he has big family. Uh, he's got fame, fortune, everything. Some, there's some point in David's life that David said, Woo, look what I've done. Pat me on the back and give me a gold star. I have, look at my kingdom. Look what I've accomplished. This is unbelievable. I have got it made. I got all the money. I've got armies. I'm surrounded by loyal people. I've got position. I mean, I've got it. I will never be moved. Nobody can touch me, nobody will, will remove me. I've got it made. Now you get in trouble when you do that. That's when you get in trouble when you you say I I I I. You know what the Lord did? The Lord said, "Hmm, we'll see about that." And he had this son named Absalom. Absalom was a good-looking kid with beautiful long hair that you women, some of you women, would just be jealous over. And he was a he was a sneaky little snitch. And he would sit out at the gate, and anybody that came through that was at odds with David, his father, he would say, "Boy, if I was king, I'd take care of your problem." Uh oh. And so uh, Absalom literally overthrew David for a while and pushed him off the throne. David was a fugitive for his life. So he lost the palace. He lost his throne. He lost everything for a while. Eventually he got it back. And I think God was letting David know, David, you didn't get everything. I gave you what you have. Don't you ever forget it. And the Lord eventually restored him and gave him. And David responded by saying, God, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. Instead of all, The mountain is all the things that I have, all that I've been blessed with, Lord. The reason I have it is because of you. You've made me strong, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget who made me what I am. Uh, God warned the children of Israel to avoid putting the blessings before God in his favor. I want to read Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. And so it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That would be the promised land. To give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Did you get that? Houses full of good things which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, when you're blessed, when you're prosperous, then beware, there's a danger. Lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The danger for Israel is once they came into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, and they got all those blessings, that they would forget about that God who did so much for them when they were nothing but slaves trying to get out of Egypt. Let me just say to you never forget where God brought you from. Never forget, and don't forget who helped you get there. Jesus experienced the favor of God. Did you know that? We don't know much about Jesus' life from the time he was 12 to the time he started his ministry. Those are those silent years. We don't really know much. There's one verse, Luke 2.52, that tells us, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and favor with men. So he grew physically. He grew intellectually. But he learned the favor of God. And he also gained the favor of men. He learned that when you had the favor of God... I want to teach you this, oftentimes you'll have the favor of men. You'll have people's favor. So people, let me teach you this, just like what happened with Brian. People will be extremely and unusually kind and generous to you Generous to you, just because you're a child of God. They may not even know you're a child of God, but God will move them to do things for you, and they'll later go, why did I do that for them? It's because of the favor of God. They, they they will do things for you that they're not doing for others. And by the way, this will baffle non-believers. Non-believers at work will say behind your back, maybe to your face, well, "Why did she get that promotion? Why didn't I get it? Why did he get that opportunity? Why didn't they? Why did he get that territory? Why didn't I get it? I don't understand. They don't understand. And this is where I bring in Thomas Probes saying." He used to be our state overseer, administrative bishop. And this is one of Thomas Probes famous sayings. He's, he's a good friend of mine. I love it. He loves, if he was here, he would say it right now. You ready? The favor of God ain't fair. Everybody say that. The favor of God ain't fair. That's right. It's not. It's not fair. Because God doesn't dole out his favor to just a bunch of sinners like he does his children Oh, yeah, there's general favor. It rains on the just and the unjust. You know, when it rains, it doesn't rain at your house, but not rain on your neighbor, neighbor's yard who doesn't live for Jesus. It rains on everybody's yard. But when it comes to specific blessings, there are things that are going to happen to you because you're a child of God that's not going to happen to them because the favor of God ain't fair. So when you have favor with people, recognize that this is the favor of God. Are you with me? So when you make those sales don't you ever forget the reason God gave you favor with them that they decided to go with you instead of your competitor was because of the favor of God. When you get them to sign that contract to do the deal with your company, don't you forget God gave you that favor. When you have business opportunities, when partnerships present themselves, when positions are given to you and promotions, when you have training and advancement opportunities, when they tell you we're going to give you greater responsibilities don't you say, Well, look at me and what I've done. Start strutting like a rooster. No, you stop and you say, thank you so much. And when they go away, you look up to heaven and say, wow, thank you, God, for allowing that to happen in my life. I know where that came from. You all with me? You got to always know it's because of the favor of God. And by the way, this verse says that Jesus increased in favor with God and men. So it got better and better and better. And it built each time. And I believe you can increase in the favor of God and the favor of man. And I want to show you things. I want to give you a list here. If you want to increase in the favor of God and increase in the favor with people, here are four things you should do. Number one, you should live right. Okay? You got to live right. If you don't live right, don't expect the favor. People, you know, people say, good guys finish last. Not in God's economy it doesn't work that way. Good guys finish first. That's the way it works. Okay, so you live right. Second, you stay humble and always recognize God as the source of your blessings. I've already preached that. Third, you be a good steward of what he gives you. Be faithful, do a good job. Jesus said if you're faithful in little things, I'll make you ruler over bigger things. Okay, so when you're faithful, small successes lead to greater opportunities. Okay, you do a good job, you're gonna have more favor. And they're going to even give you more promotions. Y'all with me? Here's the fourth one. Be thankful to God and to the person who gave you the blessing. Never forget who helped you get to where you are and become who you are. Never forget. Always be grateful to those people as well as to God. Always say things. During the holiday break, Lee and I were at home. We sat down at the table one day. I looked at her, and I had just been so overwhelmed that day. And I'm a very grateful person. I spend the most of my time, my praise and worship time of the Lord, I, I don't know how much time I spend. I couldn't tell you the minutes. It's none of your business. I'm not telling you for any other reason just because, so you'll know the emphasis, I spend a lot of time every morning thanking God for things. I thank him for what he's done in my life, material things, spiritual things, everything. I go through a list, and a lot of times it's the same list every morning. If something fresh happens, I add that in. Because I, I may fail in a lot of areas, but I refuse to be an ingrate. I refuse to be ungrateful. I'm th- and I, I was so overwhelmed one day. Well, Lee and I were sitting at the table, and I looked at her, and I said, God has been so good to us. And I started talking about these incredible blessings that we had had in our life at that point in time. I was just telling her, God's done this, and God's done that. And, it's just, and you look around our house, and I was just saying, God has been so good. And I didn't sit there and say, boy, babe, don't I, ain't, aren't I awesome? Ain't I great? Look what I did. Look what I did for us. Look what I did here. Look at this I accomplished. Look at what we got. Look at this. I don't do that. I don't even think that way. I I can't even think that way. I'm not wired to think that way. I know that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have anything. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be anybody. I don't know how a little, timid little kid that grew up in Pennsylvania who was scared to death is standing up here preaching to a church two services a Sunday morning with cameras going on, bold like this. If you knew who I was growing up, you'd say, no way that guy will ever do anything. I didn't do anything in school. I wasn't popular. Nothing like that. But I've watched God fill me with the Holy Ghost and do things in me I never could have imagined he doing me. And I know where everything comes from. I know where it's all stemming from. From. It's coming from the hand of God. You should always say that and say, be th- even if you're successful, you should always say, thank you, Jesus. Thank- I give God the glory. Because, give- listen, it can go away just like that. Okay? It can go away just like that. And you never forget the people who helped you get. I've had it happen. You know, it breaks my heart. I've had people that I have poured into and helped, and then they never, they don't have any connections with me at all. It's like they just, thank you, moved on to my next thing from my thing. And I never hear from them. And that hurts, to be honest. And then I've got lots of people that I've poured into, and when I see them, they'll, they'll, they'll even thank me. I do that with Bobby Johnson, who poured into me for 10 and a half years, the guy who backed us so we could plant this church 22 years ago. This church is forever indebted to Bobby Johnson, who's 84, soon to be 85 in June. And, I'm, and every time I talk to him, I tell him thank you. I, told, I talked to him not just last week. We talked for a long time. He had COVID, and I was checking on him, and we just talked forever. And and I said, Pastor, I said, I just don't even know what I'd be if it wasn't for you. Never forget the people who help you get to where you are or or give you opportunities or help you. Because God's favor, listen, God's favor oftentimes flows through people. I want to close this morning by looking at the lives of two people in the Bible who knew the favor of God. The first one is Mary. Little Mary who became the mother of Jesus. Mary was a teenage girl, a godly woman, young woman, loved the Lord, served the Lord with all her heart. And I know she had the favor of God because an angel told her so. When Gabriel showed up in Luke 1, you know, we just came out of the Christmas season. When when Gabriel showed up and spoke to her, here's what he said. Rejoice, highly favored one. I want you to do something. Patronize me. I don't do a lot of this, but I'm doing it this morning because it's good. If you're saved, if you're saved, I want you to turn to somebody next to you. Hopefully, it's a family member or somebody. If not, just turn to somebody next to you and say, You're looking at someone who's highly favored. Go ahead. Just do it. Would you do it? Come on, do it. Just patronize me. Do it. You're looking at someone who's highly favored. Is that cool or what? Come on, can somebody say, Praise the Lord? I'm highly favored. It's not just, you say, well, that was was for Mary. How can, because that was just for Mary and that particular situation. But, honey, God's favored you in your particular situation. You are a child of God. You are a highly favored one. And he said, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. And that's what we sang, or we're about to sing. Blessed are you among women. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And Mary had the distinction, a nobody, a little teenage girl who probably in a little town wondered if anybody knew who she was, if she'd ever accomplished anything in life. Engaged to, a, to be married to a carpenter in a small town, you know, that didn't seem like a whole lot. But God picked her out of all the women. Ladies, think about it. All the women he could have picked, he chose her. Out of all the ladies, he could, have, he chose that young godly woman. He knew who would say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And to 2,000 years later, you say Mary. That's all you have to do, just say Mary, and everybody knows who she is. Everybody knows who she is. See, God can give you favor. And when he does, he can elevate you from nothing into a place where, of prominence where everybody knows who you are. I want to talk about a second person, Joseph, but not her Joseph. Not Mary and Joseph, Joseph. I want to talk about Old Testament Joseph. Joseph, who was one of the 12 sons of Israel. Joseph, I love the story of Joseph. Joseph was 17 years old and had a dream, two dreams, that he was going to be the ruler of a nation. And he's a shepherd boy. So again, how's this going to happen? But he has a dream that he's going to be the rule of a nation. And the story, and eventually it comes true, but the story of Joseph is one of trials, difficulties, favor. Trials, difficulties, favor. Trials, difficulties, favor. That's the story of Joseph. So it starts with, out of 12 boys, his daddy liked Joseph the best. He was the favorite son. You shouldn't do that to your kids, right? You should love them all the same. But Jacob didn't. He loved Joseph extra special. He had the favor of his daddy. Well, his brothers didn't like that, and one day they're out in the field. And here he comes, and they said, "Let's let's let's get him. Let's sell him into slavery." And along came so they tie him up. They were going to kill him. Then one of the brothers, oldest brother, st- stopped them from doing that. So they sold him into slavery, and the and the and the people that bought him took him down to Egypt, took him out of his country and out of his homeland, take him to Egypt, and they sell him to a guy named Potiphar. So Potiphar now he's a slave. So Potiphar treats him as a slave but he soon learns this kid's got potential this young man's got skills he's he's got abilities and he's got leadership skills and the more that he got to know him he said you know what I'm going to give you greater responsibilities and one day he said you know what Joseph I'm going to put you over the whole house so Joseph was a slave but he ran the whole house like he owned the place well Mrs. Potiphar was attracted to Joseph she started hitting on him he said "Uh uh-uh you got to stop that now your master, we're not going to do that, all right? I'm a godly man, first of all. And second of all, if your master found out, I'd be dead. Well, she set him up. He wouldn't he wouldn't yield to her, so she just falsely accused him. Mr. Potiphar got mad, and he threw him in prison. So now he went from being a slave to being a prisoner. And he's sitting in a prison cell. And he's thinking, man, this is a long way for my dreams coming reality. But the prison keeper, like Potiphar, Begin to recognize this man has leadership skills. This young man can do things. And eventually, you know what? He started running the whole prison. He was a prisoner, but he had freedom. He could go everywhere. He was just tending all the other prisoners. But he's sitting there thinking, when is my dream going to come true? He's having favor with the prison keeper, favor with Potiphar, favor with favor. He keeps having the favor of God, and yet troubles and problems and difficulties. And by the way, let me ask you something. Have you ever felt like you're locked into something and you can't get out of it? You ever felt you locked in at your job, locked into a deal, locked into something, you feel like you're in a prison, if I could just break out, and you feel like nothing can get you out, and you've got dreams and visions, but it's like I can't break out, I can't get my break? Listen to me. Look at Joseph's life. You just have to be faithful, and you just have to keep trusting God, and keep living right, and stay humble, and be thankful, and when God's ready, your time will come. God will break you out and set you free so that you can do what he's called you to do. And sure enough, two of the king's men did something wrong. The king threw them in prison. They met Joseph. They were impressed with Joseph. Joseph interpreted their dreams. Well, one of them, they both got out. One of them went back to work for the king. Two years goes by. David, be, I mean, Joseph begged with him, please, please help me. Two years goes by. And two, two years go by. He forgets. And then one day the king has a dream. Needs an interpreter. And the guy went, oh, man, am I an idiot? I forgot all about Joseph. King Pharaoh, there is a guy. You need to meet this guy. He can interpret Matter of fact, I believe he can interpret it. He's in a prison thinking he's forgotten. When they come in and they open the door, Joseph, come with us. I don't know if you wonder if he's going to get killed or executed or what. And they march him up, and instead of killing him, they take him out of the prison and put him in a chariot, and they take him to the king's palace, and they shave him and clean him up, and they put nice clothes on him, and they say, you're going to stand before the king. And he goes before the king, and because he's got these talents and abilities that have been wasting away, it felt like, but they haven't been wasting away. God has been preparing him, see. God's been preparing him. And now he stands before the Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him the dream. And Joseph, through the power of the Holy Spirit, interprets the dream. And the Pharaoh looks at the guy and says, man, I've never met anybody like you. The, the, the spirit of the gods are upon you. He didn't know it was the spirit of the God that was upon him. And he said, you are the God that I want next to me. And in that moment, he went from being a prisoner to being made second in command of the entire nation of Egypt just like that, had the favor of Pharaoh. Do you see the pattern? You can have troubles. You can have difficulties. You can feel locked in. You can wonder. You can get falsely accused. you got to go through this life, and you're going to get disciplined. You're going to have difficulties. you got to fight the danger, but the point is you always have the favor of God. And I want to close with this. And They're coming to sing. You know how I told you that God will show his favor to you through other people? Listen to me, brothers and sisters. This should be an aspiration and a goal for you. Listen to me. Because maybe nobody's ever preached this and challenged you with this before. You want to reach the point. I mean, I love when God flows through other people to me. Don't get me wrong. Okay? I love when the blessings come through somebody else. I love that. I enjoy that, just like anybody else. But you ought to have the goal and aspiration that you reach the point in your relationship with God where you say, God, flow through me. Show your favor to somebody else, and can I be part of that? Just flow through me. Let me help somebody. Give somebody an opportunity. Pour into somebody. Give somebody a wisdom, a word of wisdom. Give them some advice. Just Lord, flow through me so that I can help somebody and you bless them. That's when you're really living. Some people live for the favor and the blessings. Hey, okay, if that's, if that's how high you want to go, good for you. But what if you could get to the point where you say, God, let the favor and the blessings flow through me to somebody else. will not you stand with me this morning? I've thrown a lot at you. But I really believe with all my heart that this message is so needed. I haven't even looked at it. But in the first service, I've already got a text from a man who I just glanced at it before I came out here on stage. And it said, Pastor, your sermon today was for me. And I I look forward to reading his text and see what's going on. I think there's some people standing here right now and some of you who are watching online that are saying, wow, that message was for me. That message was for me. So I'm, I prayed about the altar call. I always pray about the altar call. So I want to do a, a two-parter here. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm in a, I'm in a difficulty, I'm in a trouble, or God's been disciplining me because I've allowed sin in my life and I'm not doing things the way I should, and, and God's just having to whoop me all the time, or I'm just I'm in a place where I'm just wondering if I'm ever going to get out or I feel locked up like you said. I've got dreams inside of me. Anything like that that applies to you. And you need just some reassurance and a touch from God that says, my favor is on your life. I want you to step out as soon as they start singing this song. It's called The Blessing. And it talks about the favor of God. It comes straight out of the Old Testament verse. This is, this, this is straight. The songwriter didn't make this up. They took it straight out of the Bible. And I want you to step out and come down here. And I believe these words are going to touch you. This is a powerful song. And then after that group has come, I want everybody to come down to the altar. I want us to just finish in the altars. And I want you to social distance and spread out and stand together in clusters as families. We can go down the aisles and whatever. But I want us to finish this service in the altar. Can we do that this morning? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to preach this message. And God, to share the the truth today of your blessings and your favor. And God, we're so grateful for everything you do in our life. You've already done so much for us by just saving us and forgiving us of our sins. We have, we're blessed in this heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. But God, we want to be a vessel that you can flow through. And Lord, we don't we don't want to allow discipline or difficulties or anything else to make us falsely think that we no longer have your favor. I mean, now God, if somebody persists in sin, they're not gonna they're not gonna have any favor. I mean, they'll even be the where they backslide. So, God, that's dangerous ground. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll help people who are sinful to repent and backsliders to repent and come home and people who have been toying with sin to stop and repent. And that, God, I pray for those who are going through difficult times that you'll help them today to know that I'm not forgotten and I'm not forsaken. And the Lord is in me and he's with me and his favor is upon me for all my life. So just touch your people today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, come on, start singing Hallelujah And if that first group, you're in that first group We had a lot of people in the first service, I want you to come Pastor, that's me I I, I need, I just, I'm going through stuff I need to know that I have the favor of God I just want God to, I just want to spend some time Talking to about my problem, come on, one, two, three, go Step out, I want you to come down to the altar Come on, whatever, whoever that may apply to Step out this morning Hallelujah, that's it, come on